they, they go well uh, together, uh, like Tim and Sarah. I mean, just there's just some things that work, you know. Some don't. Some things do. But uh, dinner and a dinner and a movie, right? Uh, and and, I, and as I was as I was getting inspired about this whole series, I was thinking about there are some. There, there are some stories in the Bible that you say, that was nice, but there's some stories in the Bible that are so epic, that are so relatable, that are so timeless, that are so helpful, uh, that it makes you not, it, it makes you want to sing. And so I'm actually going to be preaching about some stories over this next series that songs have been written about. And so you just heard a song by Mahalia Jackson, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Now, uh, I've changed shoes today. I've got my walking shoes on. Uh, I had my, my worship shoes during, uh, during uh, praise and worship, but now I've got my walking shoes on because this is a walking kind of sermon. And uh, it, it's a great story of the Bible. Hopefully you've all heard it before. Uh, how many have ever heard that song before, Joshua Fit the Battle of Jericho? You know who else recorded that song and made it famous? Elvis Presley. Uh, Elvis Presley sang that song as well, Joshua Fit the Battle of Jericho. But it's interesting to me that Martin Luther King was, re- and by the way, I just thought that was a great little put-together video because I don't know what you all saw in that, but I heard Mahalia Jackson singing with all she had, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and she's thinking, no doubt, about the civil rights movement, about uh, all that they're going to accomplish and all that they're going to do. And, you know, Martin Luther King's standing there. It's like, you Joshua, you know, and uh, you're going to have to lead us uh, in this, in this. And I don't know what you all saw, but maybe it was just me reading into it, but I just was watching... Martin Luther King, you know, kind of sweating, kind of like, oh my goodness, you know, you're looking to me to be Joshua, and I'm not sure uh, I'm all of that. But you could just hear it in Mahalia, we're going to do this thing, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. So what I'm going to do in this series is I'm going to name each series, I'm going to give it like a song title, and, and like an artist who sings it, okay? And so... My sermon title is also, and by the way, uh, Brittany Peddler came up with the artwork. I thought she just did a great job with that for the, for the, uh, for the series. But so the song that we're going to deal with today, I'm calling it Lap Six, and it's going to be performed by Joshua, Joshua and the Jericho Ramblers. All right? This is a lead singer and his group. Joshua and the Jericho Ramblers is going to be the song, it's going to be the sermon, it's going to be the story that we are going to deal with this week. Um, and I know you've stood some, but uh, just every once in a while, just in honor of the reading of God's Word, we have a little bit of a lengthy reading, so I, I just want you to stand, if you will, and hear this story, um, hear the Word of the Lord from Joshua chapter 6. And, 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 and if, just in case you're not familiar, God has told them to go into the promised land, Israel. They've been in Egypt for 40 years. I'm sorry, they've been in the wilderness for 40 years after coming out of Egypt. They've crossed the Jordan River, and now the first city that they come to is a very 
high-walled city by the name of Jericho. <clears throat> now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or go in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, the king and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests, everyone say the word seven. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you're to march around the town seven times. You getting a pattern here? With the priests blowing the horns. Seven horns. When you hear the priests, give one long blast on the ram's horn. Have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. So Joshua called together the priests and said, Take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave the orders to the people, March around the town, and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. And Joshua spoke to the people. The seven priests with the ram's horn started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched. The ark of the covenant followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the priests with the horns and some behind the ark with the priests continually blowing the horns. Do not shout, don't even talk, Joshua said. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then shout. Now shout like you're at a UT game, would you? Can I hear it? There you go, very good, very good. We finally had something to shout about last night, by the way. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day, and then everyone returned to spend the night at the camp. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests again carried the ark of the Lord. The seven priests with the ram's horn marched in front of the ark of the Lord, blowing their horns. Again, the armed men marched both in front of the priests with the horns and behind the ark of the Lord. All this time, the priests were blowing their horns. On the second day, they again marched around the town and returned to the camp. They followed this pattern for six days. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priest sounded the long blast of the horn, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Joshua and everything in it, or Jericho and everything in it, must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute... Isn't that interesting? Except save, save the prostitute. I'm not going to preach about this, but that's a huge line there. Rahab the prostitute becomes the great-great-grandmother of David who eventually goes into the line of Jesus. That's another sermon for another day. Do not take any of these things set apart for destruction or you yourselves will be completely destroyed and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into the treasury. And when the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. It's a great story. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We just pray that you'd bring it home uh, and speak to us through it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, now the, the key number in this Story is what? Seven. seven, right. And I'm calling the sermon lap six. Seven 
if you know anything about the Bible, is is often called God's number. It's the number of perfection. It's it's good things happen when you hear the number seven in the Bible. You remember Naaman had leprosy, and he's told to go into the Jordan River, and he is to dip how many times? Seven. Six times, nothing happened. But on the seventh time, he was completely delivered from his leprosy. When seven happens in the Bible, it's a great thing. So you got seven times around, seven days, seven times on the seventh day, seven priests blowing seven horns. It's a seven, seven, seven kind of a story that we all love, seven stories. Um, You can probably think to a time in your life when everything was coming up seven for you. It just seemed like you were you were cooking on all cylinders and things were going very, very well. And I was thinking back to a time in my life. Now, I usually tell a joke at the beginning of my sermon, but instead I'm just going to tell a funny story about me here. And I was preaching back in Illinois. The church was growing. Everything was coming up sevens. It was one of those times in our history when everything was cooking. Everything it seemed like everything that we touched uh, was going right at that time. And I, when I was younger, I used to preach a little bit more passionately, if you can imagine. Uh, but I used to sweat like uh, T.D. Jakes when I would preach. And one time I was preaching, and apparently I was preaching good. Because at the end of the message, one of my elders came up to me and said, Pastor, you won't believe it, but when you were preaching and you turned your back to us, you had sweat the number seven on your back. My irreverent children to this day say about me from time to time, Dad, you are sweating sevens. My kids didn't take that quite as reverently as our elder did at that time. But have you ever had a time in in your life when you felt like even your sweat was sweating sevens? And I came to tell you this morning that most of my life is not like that. Most of my life has not been about lap seven, seven times, seven priests, seven horns, uh, and and everything going right. I've, I've sweat a lot more sixes than I have sevens. And if you know anything about the Bible and numerology, six, seven's the number of God. Six is the number of man. Six is the number of humanity. Six is the number of slogging things out when you're not seeing the miracle happen. Six is, six is the number of just getting it done. And it's not sweating sevens. It's more like blood, sweat, and tears. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Just, just going through six uh, a six in your life. And so as I think about this song by Joshua and the Jericho Ramblers, I think about what it was like to march around the walls of, that, of Jericho for six times without seeing anything happen and still being able to be there for day seven. Because let me just tell you something, folks. In life, we're going to be tempted to quit before the promise ever happens. We're going to be tempted to get stopped in our tracks before 
the sevens in our lives ever come together. And so I want to talk today about how we, how we make it six laps. It's, the, the seventh lap's easy. The, the seventh lap is just about the shout. The seventh lap is all about God. Anyone can do the seventh lap. Everyone loves the, everyone would show up if we knew that every Sunday was going to be a seven Sunday. And, and so, and so that's the easy part, but, but I want to talk to us today because in life, I think a lot of us never make it to seven because of everything that God wants to teach us in the six before you get to the seven, because that's another key number in here. It says they walked around and they, and they followed this pattern, the Bible said, six times, six times. I really believe that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. I'm not here to say that we're to experience sevens all of our life. In fact, I will just be honest enough to say that until we get to heaven, our life's never going to be a complete seven. We're going to experience some sevens along the way. But until I reach the seventh heaven, I'm, I'm not going to experience that, 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 that full and final victory. That every, every day is a holiday and every meal is a feast. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm going to talk to us today about what do we do on these six laps. These six laps. And so I thought about what it takes to go six laps around the walls of Jericho without experiencing your promise. And, and the first thing is you're taking notes today, and I'm going to call this lap one, and you might consider this verse one of the song. Lap six. And verse one, here's what I would call verse one. Swallow your pride. Swallow your pride. You, you see, one of the tough things about this story of Joshua and the Jericho Ramblers is that they have been asked to go up against this high-walled city in a very unconventional manner. If you were to go against a walled city during that time, what you would think that God would say is get some battering rams, right? And, 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 and ram that door. Or another thing they would do in ancient times is they would, they would have these high ladders that they would have, that they would have people scale up over the wall and go over the wall. Or, or in ancient times we've heard about catapults, haven't we? Where they would catapult over the wall and kind of like ancient moms, you know, that they, would, that they would, or we've heard of tunneling under the wall, right? You could tunnel under the wall maybe, or, or like the story of the Trojan horse, you know, send some spies and come up with something creative. But, uh, but God gives them this very unconventional strategy of, uh, of uh, just uh, marching and shouting. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the little known march and shout plan. It's it's the plan you're afraid to talk to your neighbors about. You know what what kind of what kind of strategy you guys going to use? Oh, we're going to use the uh, the march and shout plan. Uh, there there's there, there's a bit of swallowing your pride. There's a bit of swallowing your pride when it comes to being willing to follow the Lord. It seems like some of my classmates are ahead of where I am at this time. I didn't think that I was going to be at this place in life right now. Why is it that 
I've had to go to another friend's engagement party. Why is it that things haven't worked out the way that I've thought that they were going to work out? And here I am, and God's uh, telling me to keep my mouth shut and just to walk around the walls of Jericho. If you're going to if you're going to ever experience what God has for you, you're going to have to be willing, church, at times to swallow your pride. You're going to have to be willing to sometimes look foolish. You're going to have to uh, be willing to sometimes do things that don't make sense. And uh, you're going to have to feel like, you know, I'm overqualified for this job sometimes. Or, or, or things aren't working out the way that I thought that they were going to work out. My income doesn't match my level of education. If you're going to experience some of the things, how silly must that have looked for them to be walking around the walls of Jericho and having to swallow their pride. I think that's one of the things that you have to do if you're going to experience um, God's promises. Are you with me this morning? Amen. I think the second thing, and I'm going to call this the second lap, is that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to do self-talk encouragement. You're going to have to learn how to talk to yourself. You know, the person that says that they're never going to succeed in life and the person that says that victory is just ahead, they're both right. Did you hear me? The person that says nothing ever good is going to happen in my life and the person who says God's got some promises for my life that have not been fulfilled yet, and he's going to keep those promises. Both of those people are right. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Today, my parents are celebrating the 46th anniversary of them planting a church in Ottawa, Illinois. And I remember it well when my dad had uh, a kidney transplant, and it looked like he was going to die. And my mother could have folded her tent at that time and said, poor me, nothing good is going to happen. But instead, I watched my mother get dressed every day, stand in front of a full-length mirror and say, I feel happy, I feel healthy, I feel terrific. We still tease her about that. You know, I feel happy, I feel healthy, I feel... And that little woman went door to door and sold encyclopedias and made you think that if you read anything but world book, Britannica was awful. You had to have world book encyclopedias. She was so sold on her product. She got everyone sold. She won trips to Portugal. She, she did all kinds of great things. And in a time when our family might not have made it, she would self-talk encouragement to herself. The Bible said that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And so, and so as you're walking around, there, there's some ways that you've got to learn to talk to yourself. You've got to learn to say things like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. With God, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. My best days are still ahead of me. We've got to learn to self-talk 
encouragement to ourselves. Somebody said amen this morning. It's really important. It's really important. I can't just let my mood affect everything about me. I've got to tell my mood how to behave that day. (coughs) You see me come up here and uh, probably sound pretty jazzed every Sunday morning. Can I just tell you, I don't wake up every morning going, Good morning, Lord. Sometimes I wake up and say, Good Lord, it's morning. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and so what do you have to do? You've got you've to have a relationship with yourself where, 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 where your mind tells your body how to act, where, where you can't be a victim to just the way you feel. And it's very important if you're going to succeed and uh, you're going to make it another lap, you're going to have to self-talk encouragement. The third thing that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to stand on God's promises. You see, because the story starts out kind of bleak, and it says that the wall was shut up, that the city was shut up, no one could come in, and no one could go out. But immediately afterwards, it says in a tense called the perfect prophetic tense, it said, but God said, but I, let's see, where is it? In verse 2, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho. He says it in the past tense, even though it hasn't even happened yet. I've already given it to you. There's a difference between what you're seeing and what I'm saying. And there's some promises that you have to hold. There are some things that it looks like in my family right now that aren't what I really am believing for and promises that I'm holding on to. But let me just tell you something. You've got to be able to stand on the promises of God when you can't even see it with your eyes. Amen. Standing on the promises of God. He has promised to supply my every need. David said, I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed left begging for bread. Another promise of God is that his grace is sufficient for me. There's nothing, there's nothing that's being put on me today that God's grace is not sufficient for me. Another promise of God is that all things, the good things in my life, the bad things in my life, all things are working together for good to those that love the Lord, to those who are called according to His purposes. I'm going to hold on to the promises of God in spite of the fact that I can't always see it, but I'm going to hold on to those promises. And that's the way you keep marching. That's the way you keep marching. Lap six, holding on, or lap three, holding on the promises of God. You said, if I delight myself in the Lord, you'll give me the desires of my heart. Lap four, lap four, it's just going to sound harsh. Lap four title is shut up and march. Just, just, just turn to your neighbor and say shut up and march. It's the only time you can say shut up in church. You know how we how we were taught that one in the military? Suck it up and drive on, soldier. You want me to say it a little less harshly for you? Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. What do I mean by that? If you're gonna if you're gonna be success if you're gonna be successful in seeing some sevens come up in your life, you're gonna have to learn 
that you have a job to do and your job is not Joshua's job. And your job is not even to worry about the results. But you are a marcher. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a marcher. That's my job. I walk around towns. I'm a rambler. <laughs> I'm a Jericho rambler. That, that, that's who I am. That's what I do. What are you good at? Walking. Mm-hmm. You got an M16? Nope. I can walk. I can walk. I'm, I'm a walker. That's what I do. I walk. Now, here's a really weird part about this story. We know that Joshua has been told that on the seventh time all these things are going to happen. But guess what? Joshua doesn't fill the rest of the people in on that. So they are walking without knowing how long this is going to go on. Now that stinks. You know what? If we knew that on January 1st, 2018, everything was going to come up sevens in Life Church. Every service, it, we were going to have a great revival that broke out. We were just going to see lost people come in droves to Jesus, uh, just by, by, not by ones and twos, but by fifties and hundreds. If we all knew that, we would just all work toward January 1, 2018, wouldn't we? But you know how this story goes? I don't know. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. <laughs> I'm just a walker. I just, bar- I just, I just, Katina, I just shut up and do what they tell me. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm just, I'm not in charge of, I'm not in charge of when the wall comes down. I don't know anything about it, Brian, but I'm just, no, you know, I've, I've just been given this job. I just, just walk. I just walk. In fact, in fact, he just said, he actually said, don't say a word. Don't, don't even say a word until it's time to shout. Because I think there's a danger that if you start talking, you start going, well, I don't think that Joshua is the right guy for us, do you? I mean, don't you think we should have some battering ramps? Huh? You know, uh, wouldn't a catapult kind of be nice right now? Uh, A ram's horn, really? You know, here's how weird it was. If you were going in a military campaign, you would use a silver trumpet to announce you were coming. A ram's horn was used for church. So all the people in Jericho are like watching these guys out here having church, you know. Weird. But you know what? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in the planning committee. I'm a marcher. I just stay in my lane. I don't have to think about it because I worship God. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know when it's going to work out. But I have faith in God, and I'm going to do my part, so I'm just going to. <laughs> I'm going to just walk silently. I'm just going to stay in my lane. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know my part. I'm not Martin Luther King. He's up there sweating. I don't have to sweat. I just march. That's all I do. He's got to worry about that part. Joshua's got to do his part. I wouldn't want to be Joshua, frankly. But I'm just going to march. I'm going to do my role. 
I'm going to serve here. At the church. I'm going to greet people. I'm going to be friendly. I'm going to do that. I don't have to do this part, but I can do my part, and I'm going to do it well. I'm just going to, I'm just going to suck it up, and I'm going to drive on. I'm going to, I'm going to shut up and march. I'm going to shut up and march. I don't know when the breakthrough's coming. I don't know when the breakthrough's coming. Let me just tell you something. A lot of people quit because they get tired of waiting for the breakthrough. Oh, we, we thought it would come by now. That's not my job. My job is to be faithful. My job is to be faithful. So that's, that's lap four. And then lap five is see with faith in spite of no apparent progress. I actually heard Stephen Furtick preach a sermon on this passage where he talks about, um, he talks about wouldn't it have been neat if like after lap one a few bricks fall? Wouldn't that be like encouraging? Wouldn't it be encouraging if we could say, oh, progress is being made here. But for the whole six times that they walk around, there is no apparent progress. I told you Naaman that, that washes in the Jordan River and he's cured of leprosy. There are not gradual spots removing every time until he gets to number seven. It looks like nothing is happening. In fact, he quits, if you remember, and his servant has to encourage him to go back and finish the job. And it's not until he does it seven times that, uh, that he gets the victory. You've got you to gotta see with faith. Martin Luther King says, I have a dream. You've got to have a dream for your life. You've got to have a dream for your family. You have to have a, a dream that in spite of the fact that I don't see progress, I have a dream. I, I, I think it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting that that this past year at Life Church, I would say, has been our best year yet. And it's been our best year of growth. Just good things are happening, but I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, this doesn't sound like a great leader thing to say. I have no clue why. I can't tell you that we did things differently this year that we were not doing last year. Sometimes you try hard, and it just doesn't seem to happen. And then suddenly. There's the breakthrough. And finally, lap six. Worship team, if you'd come, I'm going to call lap six stay the course. I, I want to say, I, I don't know who I'm preaching to today. I'm sure I'm preaching to all of us because I think most of us live, how many would admit most of us live in the sixes rather than the sevens? <laughs> sixes, sixes. My address is 666 6th Street. <laughs> But I'm heading for 777. <laughs> mm. Stay the course. You don't know how many people quit just before the breakthrough. How many people gave up just before Everything mysteriously comes together. I don't think God is a, is a masochist and wanting to watch us suffer, but I do think that God is teaching us things 
I don't think we learn a lot on day seven. Day seven's just fun. I love day seven. I love the shout day. But, you know, when Tennessee loses and the star receiver gets hurt and your running back gets caught smoking pot and and all and all hell breaks loose. Do you abandon the team? I'm preaching now, huh? I'm just saying in life there, there there's something to be said for just 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 hang around. Just 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 hang on. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna quit marching. I'm not gonna quit marching. I'm not a I'm not a rocket scientist, but man, I can walk. I wore my orange shoes today, kind of in honor of Tennessee, but I, I walked all over on, on vacation in these shoes. And um, these are my walk-in shoes. And um, what I want to say to you, Life Church, is uh, I love walking with you. I'm believing for great things. And I know we're going to have some, we've had some seven days lately, man. Seven people get baptized. That's a seven day, that's a seven Sunday, hallelujah. We got some more seven days coming, but let me just tell you something. When, when, when I can't see anything, I can't feel anything, when I, no evidence is there. And so what inspired this sermon was hearing this song. Sermon and a song. Sing it for us if you would. Praise team. And why don't you stand? Why don't you stand and sing it with us? I thought by now they'd fall. But you have never failed me. Waiting for change to come And knowing the battles For you have never failed me yet Listen to this, listen to this Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness Promise still stands I'm still in your hands This is my Still holding on to his promises. Still believing. Still believing, Lord. I'm still believing for my children. Still believing for my job, my career. Still believing, Lord, for my friends and my family. You're still enough. Keep me within your love. And my heart will sing your praise again. Oh, your promise still stands. It is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. 
our God will supply all of our needs. I hold to your promise today that says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Anybody just admit with me that, man, this was for me today? Could you just say, was that, was that for you? Thank you. God, I just thank you for this church, and we thank you, Lord, for the sevens that we see that have happened, and the Lord, we believe that eye has not seen and ear has not heard and has not even entered the heart of man what you still have prepared for those of us who love you. I ask in the name of Jesus that we would swallow our pride and that we would be willing to even look ridiculous at times. I pray in the name of Jesus that this would be a place of self-talk encouragement and even to one another that we would just be encouragers of one another and that we would speak life and hope and future into one another. I pray, Lord, that we would stand on your promises. I pray, Lord, that we would hear your word. I have already given you this city. I have already given you the things that have been promised. You can't see it yet, but it's get ready, 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 because it's coming. Help us, Lord God, just to shut up and march sometimes, just to, just to hold our peace when we feel like complaining, when we feel like um, griping about Joshua, when we feel like thinking that there's a better way. And I pray, Lord, that we would see with eyes of faith and that we would have a dream And I pray, Lord, that we would stay the course. And I just ask in the name of Jesus that with Mahalia Jackson we could sing Joshua fit the battle of Jericho and see those walls come down because we believe the walls are coming down. So today, Lord, I I receive what you have for me, God. I give you my heart. I give you my life. My future's in your hands. And Lord, I'm going to march and I'm going to believe. And I'm not going to try to do it on my own. But Lord, with your unconventional warfare, when you call us out there with ram's horns rather than military trumpets, we're going to worship you. We're going to lift up your name. We're going to sing. We believe, Lord, you're going to do great things in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen.